0: You know, it's tough being king. It really is. You you beat a team that uh, is pretty good, loaded with talent. They weren't ranked, but you go from number one to number three. It's kind of crazy. But we'll talk about that more on Locked On Bama.
1: Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked on Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. He's right there. Jimmy, how are you
1: today? Good, good. I think, uh, I think my picture from beyond the gray is a little bit better today. Uh, looks like I've worked out one more kink. God, look, that sounds gone? terrible. When you say I've worked out one more kink, it makes it sound like I'm going to a therapist who's trying to reduce the number of kinks I have.
0: Well, listen, for those who know, uh, this month, I'll be 50, and I am kinked up as you can be. I'm like an old garden hose. Um, Jimmy, let's do talk a little bit about Alabama dropping from number one to number three. Um, look, I get it. We didn't look super. Uh, we look better than you think. When when you just see the score and you just see the final highlight, I swear it was better than that. Uh, in fact, there are some some interesting stats to to back that up alabama leads the sec in nearly every single defensive category even after that last game and uh texas a and m threw something like 48 passes but they only averaged like 5.5 yards an attempt that's not very good um so again i i know i know why people think okay that was ugly would we're we're in trouble. Uh, Alabama, the dynasty's dead. I, it wasn't joyless murder ball, but we did beat an SEC team. And I, I know it was at home. I know we were 24-point favorites. I'm just saying I don't mind dropping us a spot. I'm fine with it. I'm really fine dropping us to three, to be honest with you. But if this is how we're going to do this, then I think what we need to do And again, I'm, I'm for it. Let's reevaluate the top 25 every single week. And because if the number 10 team in the country did the same thing, would you drop them to number 12? I don't think you would.
1: No, that's a great point. And that's exactly what the college football playoff committee does. They throw. they don't, they don't say, okay, who was number two last week and did they win or lose? And based on that, we'll move them up or down. They don't do that. They, they throw the whole season in the trash can every week and, and, Based on the new data, the new information from the previous Saturday, they, they do the rankings from scratch every week. And that's how they do it. And uh, frankly, I think the playoff committee rankings are miles ahead of the AP and the coaches in terms of accuracy and, and how they do it. To me, it's really dumb. Uh, two, two ways to look at it for me, Luke. One is I don't care. As an Alabama fan, I don't care whether Alabama's number three today because. All that matters, because of the playoff system, loop, all Alabama's got to do is win out because you're eventually going to get to play number two and number one, and you win those games, then you're still going to be number one. So it doesn't matter that Alabama's number three. But what's really dumb is did Alabama just get dinged for barely winning a game with their number two quarterback? Because as good as Ohio State and Georgia are, and they are good, I would pay to see, just to make this point, I would pay to see Georgia play Texas A&M with, with Beck, Carson Beck, a quarterback. And Carson Beck's not a redshirt freshman. He's been around. But let's let's see Georgia play A&M with Carson Beck. And let's see, I think Ohio State's backup is a kid named McCord. Let, let's see Ohio State play Texas A&M with McCord. Let's see that. Let's see how that goes. And hey, if they beat the crap out of A&M, With their number two quarterbacks, more power to them. I'll say, well, heck yeah, Alabama needs to drop. But I don't know that they would, Luke. I don't even know that they would win the game, frankly. Uh, Alabama should not be dinged because they barely beat a good team with a backup quarterback. Uh, That's silly. Go ask Arkansas what it's like to play with a backup quarterback. Go ask Kentucky who lost to it. If Will Levis played against South Carolina, Kentucky probably win by four touchdowns, at least three. Instead, they lost something like 22-7 to because they had to play their backup quarterback. Arkansas lost to Mississippi State, and I swear if K.J. Jefferson played uh, and that game was at Arkansas, I would tell you Arkansas would win 7 out of 10 or 8 out of 10 times against Mississippi State. But it was in Starkville. They played with a backup quarterback. They lost. So why Alabama is held to the standard they are, I guess that's something that Alabama has, quote, earned, but it sure bites us in the butt all the time. Yeah, we're held to our standard,
0: but nobody else is. And, again, there's nothing more pathetic. I mean, I feel like a one percenter complaining that I'm paying too much for Burger King french fries. You know what I mean? I mean, it's a little bit much. Nobody wants to hear an Alabama fan complain, right? I totally understand. I get it. I'm just saying if we're going to do this, if we're going to drop teams because of a lackluster performance, then I think let's 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 do it. Let's let's continue to do it. I have no problem with that. And I understand it's a it's a living it's a fluid thing the the top 25. And, and I'm fine with that. The old way of doing it where if you win you move up or stay where you are and if you lose you drop no matter what, I think that's a bad way to do this. I think Texas should be totally reevaluated. If Texas has Quinn Ewers, I mean, you can do the what if game a little bit. If Texas had Quinn Ewers, they may have beaten us, they may have beaten Texas Tech. In fact, I would say you, they almost certainly would have beaten Texas Tech and certainly would have had a good shot against us. They had a good shot against us anyway. So I think we should reevaluate teams like that. Now that we're six games in, I think you can do that. I, I'm fine with that. But again, and I understand by the way, I also readily admit, they dropped Georgia, I thought, very rightfully when they had – was it the close win against Kent State or the close win against Missouri? I can't re- remember which one it was. It doesn't matter. But it was one of those. So – and you're right. In the end, if you keep winning, you will play whomever. And, and look, but here's, here's one more catch. If Alabama beats Tennessee, do you move them back to one? Because it will clearly, undoubtedly – no questions asked, be the best victory anybody's had
1: this season. Yeah, right now I would say, and when you say that, it, it, that's a 1,000% true. I, w- I went and looked last night. Right now the best win all year against a highly ranked team is Georgia's opening weekend win over now number 11 Oregon. That's the best win of the year. And in, in Georgia trounced Oregon. And frankly, if I'm voting, I'm probably putting Georgia number one right now based on that game that feels like it was played a year ago. But, but it, it was the win of the year, uh, and Georgia did it in such convincing fashion against a team that's proving to be pretty good. Believe it or not, I've been reading some Bo Nicks for Heisman stuff that's uh, not a, even a joke. That's not even a joke. I would laugh. I would have to laugh. Oh, yeah. I would. If, if an Alabama guy doesn't win it, I hope Bo Nix does. <laughs> it would be really funny. Well, first but, uh, of all, he's an
0: Alabama native. And it yeah. would really just be a thumb, you know, thumbing of the nose at Auburn.
1: Oh, I would go back and like, could y'all please send me some takes from Auburn, fan, Auburn fans about how terrible Bo Nix is? Uh, but in anywho, anywho. Uh, so if Alabama beats number eight, Tennessee, hey, and, and put it, this, this is how the standard Alabama's held to, right? If it's close, and it's probably going to be close. If Alabama goes to Knoxville and beats Tennessee by five, which will be a hell of a win. That's like, let's say Alabama wins and it's an exciting game. Alabama wins 40 to 35 and it's gripping and great. Is Tennessee going to drop? Not much, not much, two spots. Why would they drop if they lost Alabama at home by less than a touchdown in an exciting game? So it's like, you don't get dinged for losing to Alabama, but Alabama gets dinged for wins, even if they're having to play a number two quarterback. So it, it is hypocrisy abounds like it does in so many areas, but uh, you know, I, it's going to be tough this weekend, pal. I mean, this Tennessee team is very good mirror opposite of a and and m atrocious on offense, but pretty darn good on defense this weekend. We're playing a really good offense, but they're not very good on defense. Uh, that, that's what's interesting about this weekend.
0: All right, let me tell everybody about Upside. Listen, if you follow this podcast, you know I use Upside. I love Upside; it's a great app. Again, you're not going to get rich, but that's not the point. You go to Upside, download the app for Android, iPhone, whatever. You go to fill up. You uh, all you got to do is check in before you fill up, and you can make you know. a gallon, $0.05 a gallon, $0.22 a gallon sometimes, crazy stuff like that. You go to a restaurant, you might get 22% back. There's a nothing but noodles over here by me. And uh, I like to eat there anyway. So I was going over there because I was getting 22% cash back. And so It was what I was going to pay, and then this adds up, and I look down, and I'm like, oh, I got an extra $20 in my Upside account. I can just download it to PayPal or to, you know, I can get an Amazon gift card or whatever. And these things add up for people like me when you have four kids, and you got to buy them a bunch of stuff for Christmas and food, stuff that kids always be wanting. But anyway, Mm -hmm. Upside is a fantastic app. You need to go check them out. I'm telling you, you're going to love it. And there is a promo code here, and I'm going to find it. Download the free Upside app and use promo code LOCKED, that's L-O-C-K-E-D, to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using promo code LOCKED. That's Upside. Go check them out. All right, Jimmy. um, Wanted to save this segment. Are we? I, I, I don't mean We. You and I. I mean, are we collectively as a fan base overreacting to Jalen Milrose performance this past oh. weekend? I oh, yeah. feel like we are. I feel like it wasn't quite as bad as people think. Yes, there were three turnovers. Yes, there were two fumbles. He needs to uh, hold the ball a little better. But I think we overestimated him after Arkansas, and now we're under, underestimating him after Texas A&M. The truth is in the middle. Everybody chill. And I think Jalen Milrow is going to be okay. Be okay. I've heard too many times from friends of mine, he's not an athletic quarterback. He's an athlete playing quarterback. And I'm saying, guys, he is his first start at home, the bright lights of a seven o'clock CBS game in a rivalry game. Yes, I will call them a rivalry now uh, because it was it may have been manufactured, but it's a rivalry, and uh, it was a big moment and he wasn't his best he wasn't his best but he's i know he can be better than that people are going to look at that performance and go well there's his ceiling
1: i think that's crap that's a floor that's a floor that's yeah. that ceiling. that's the floor look you know i went look today I, I couldn't find the numbers and only had a few seconds to do it but uh you know overreaction to first starts so i'm like gosh who's who's the best SEC quarterback I've seen in my life? And, you know, the first name that came to mind because it's Tennessee week is Peyton Manning. So I'm like, hey, and, you know, Manning Manning was a true freshman and not a retro freshman. So I Googled it and I went back and I looked at Let's see how Peyton Manning did in his first start. Well, it was a win. How about that? In his first start, he won the game. He beat Washington State. And uh, he must not have – again, I didn't see his numbers. I doubt he played too good, Luke, though, because – he beat Washington State 10-9, to 9, 10 points in Peyton Manning's first. And this is the best quarterback that's ever played in the SEC, in my opinion. Or, okay, he's on the short list of best quarterbacks that's ever played in the SEC. Um, look, it, it's a first start. He's a, a redshirt freshman. And one last point, we have got to, as fans, learn to differentiate between two huge, hugely different situations. One situation, let's use linebackers instead of quarterbacks. In 2019, Alabama lost two or three inside linebackers for the season before the season even started in fall camp. And lo and behold, first game, the inside linebackers at Alabama were both true freshmen, Christian Harris and Shane Lee, neither of whom would have started the game if not for injury. They didn't earn those spots. The guys ahead of them on the depth chart were injured and lost. So they had to play all year as true freshmen. Again, they were not earned spots. And they, were we patient with them? No, they got murdered all year by the fans on social media for being bad players and not being good enough and, and you know people giving up on them. Well, where are these guys now? Shane Lee is a senior captain, middle linebacker, for a top 10 team in Southern Cal, he's universally considered one of the top inside linebackers in the Pac-12. Christian Harris plays for the Houston, Texans. Look, you have to differentiate between that situation and how about a freshman like Tyler Booker? Tyler Booker shows up and what does he do? We don't need him to play, but he's freaking beat out guys. He beat out several veterans that were ahead of him on the depth chart. The number three guys, the number two guys, beat them all out. Now he's taking snaps from returning starters. Javion Cohen and Emile Echior are proven player returning starters in this league. Tyler Booker's taken their snaps. What Booker has done is incredible. He should be commended. And when Tyler Booker plays, he should be evaluated like he's a starting offensive lineman in the SEC because he played his way into the role and earned it. Jalen Milrow started because the guy ahead of him was hurt. Milrow didn't prove to be the first-team player. He didn't beat out veterans who had played snaps. He has to play. Does it matter that he's ready, or in truth, does it matter that he wasn't ready because he's not old enough, doesn't have the experience, doesn't know the offense well enough, has no play, very little playing experience, just garbage time? Yet fans evaluate both situations the same. They hold Milrow to the same level of play that they expect of a person who earned their way onto the field. Not a kid. You know, the way we should look at it is, oh my gosh, he's not ready to play. This is scary. He's a freshman. He hasn't earned his way onto the first team. He was just given this and we probably need to be a little patient with that. Uh, Tyler Booker, you don't have to be patient. He, he's earned his way up. There. He, we know he's good enough, but fans treat both situations the same. It's why I wish we had, all the tweets and posts from 2019 about how horrible Christian Harris and Shane Lee are, because those 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 posts and tweets don't look as as good today uh, as they did in 2019. So uh, I, I'm just saying that's why we were too hard on Milrow. He's not a first team player. He is forced to be due to what happened ahead of him on the depth chart. We should evaluate that situation accordingly. Not every freshman on the field is the same story.
0: That's a man. I just turned you loose onto the public there and you did fantastic. Uh, Now, Jimmy, I need to tell everybody about Nissan. Our partners at Nissan have worked with us to create a new segment. You want to stay with us for this one across the Locked On College Network titled Thrilling Moments where we highlight the most exciting play from Bama either this weekend or throughout the history of Alabama. This week's thrilling moment from the Alabama Crimson Tide is, and you're going to be mad at me because I didn't pick a Tennessee one because I didn't think about it in time. And it's very difficult for me to download these videos because I'm not good at this stuff. But it's it's Kenyon Drake's return in the Clemson National Championship game. Now, if everybody will just hold on with me, I think I can make this. Oh, my goodness. Uh Uh-oh. I tried to get me and Jimmy and the video on here at the same time, and I'm going to see if I can do it. Everything for his offense. And quick response. Does cut into the lead, but now the Tigers defense is going to have to stop Henry and company. Drake makes a cut, gets the corner. Look out, Kenyon Drake can fly. It the kicker. Okay. And then I brought us back some other weird way. I thought I could do that. And there is a way for me to do that. And I'll figure out how to do that, but I didn't figure out how
1: to do it right then. Did that was you hear a great it? Great look at for my for my screen. That was a good sixty-second look at Deshaun Watson. What were you looking at? Did you see? Oh, is that I mean? all
0: you saw? All
1: oh, I saw was Deshaun Watson. And it was like for some reason, it made my back and neck hurt, and I need a massage. <laughs> did you hear the call at least? I did hear the call. It was Fowler, okay. Drake scored, and it was kind of like a radio call uh, yeah. while looking at Deshaun Watson. Uh, wow. All right. Deshaun, is he playing? Yeah,
0: hang on. All right, playing, hang man. on. No, 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 he's
1: still suspended. Boykins is still. No, suspended. he's
0: coming back in a week. He's coming back okay. in a week. Yeah, I, I But gotta i got to read one more thing about Nissan, Jimmy. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, I I do love this segment. I'm going to figure it out. This segment has been inspired by the thrilling new designs featured across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles. Pursue what thrills you in the all-new Frontier, Armada, or Pathfinder today. Available now at NissanUSA.com. But let me just see here really quickly if I can do this uh, because I figured it out the other day. I told you I figured it out the other day, and now I can't do it. Oh, man, I'm so mad at myself. I had it. Jimmy, I had it. I'm going to have to go back and learn how to do this again. I I figured it all out. I told you I was so proud of myself. All right, let's do our final segment here. And, you know, okay, I, I hate the fact that it feels like Bryce Young's Heisman campaign has been derailed a little. I don't think he's completely out of it because just like the national championship contenders – Nobody is separating themselves from the high. If you want to say C.J. Stroud, okay, I agree he's the front runner, but frankly, they have played a sack of grits every single week, and he's just throwing touchdowns because he's fluffing stats at this point. They have not been challenged in the least, and they probably won't be until they play Penn State, um, or Halloween. or Michigan. So Halloween weekend, yeah, Halloween. So you know, I'm okay cj stroud is the leader i'm not trying to poo poo cj stroud but i don't think anybody's super separated but what about this what if jameer gibbs goes off against tennessee is jameer gibbs throwing his
1: hat into the ring yeah i wouldn't rule that out i, I heard and, and i'm only agreeing it's funny you said that because just today uh, i believe it was on sec network i heard uh, Peter Burns, uh say that, or, or it's either, or, or maybe I heard Dari Noka or Peter Burns on SEC Network said Jameer Gibbs is a Heisman candidate in his in his mind. So yeah, I think Gibbs has to put up insane numbers, and it'll probably help if he had a couple of big special teams touchdowns, which he's very capable of. Uh, but yeah, he's in it. I, 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 I tend to think Alabama's best chance is still Bryce. And let me tell you, Luke, I think this Saturday is a great Heisman statement day for either Bryce Young or Hendon Hooker. I think the country, the nation's gonna be watching this game. It's the game day game, it gets extra attention. It's on CBS, which is uh great for the Heisman because I don't care what uh, whether you watch your games on direct TV, Dish Network, YouTube TV, regular cable, or you just are the old rabbit ears, you all got CBS, everyone's got it so. Widely watched game, two top Heisman candidates. I'm telling you, Luke, whoever wins, and I don't necessarily mean wins the game, but whoever wins the numbers on Saturday between Hinden Hooker and Bryce Young, I would tell you right then and there, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all, Luke, if the first solid leader in the Heisman race emerges from the Hinden Hooker Bryce Young matchup on Saturday. Uh, I agree with you that C.J. Stroud is is certainly in the mix and he is a great player. Uh, I know he's played mostly tomato cans and put up the numbers against them. Doesn't change the fact that C.J. Stroud is a fantastic player uh, and he will play on his big stages. He's got the Penn State game. Uh, he, he had the Notre Dame game earlier this year. Uh, at a time, Notre Dame wasn't playing very well. Notre Dame playing a little better now. Uh, and he will have Michigan, of course, at the end, which could be another uh, Titanic matchup. So uh, I like Stroud in this race. I like the Bryce Young Hinden, Hooker winner. And, again, I ain't talking about necessarily win the game. Let's say Tennessee wins, but Bryce is uh, 29 of 34 for 396 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, don't necessarily have to win the game, but someone's going to win the battle of performances between Hinden, Hooker and Bryce Young. And I'm going to throw Jimmy Gibbs in there. Yeah, and and Gibbs could have a monster game, but I think for Gibbs to steal the Heisman from guys like Young and and Hooker, he's going to need a couple of 200-yard games. And, again, for people that play the game like Gibbs, who's all flash and dash and and isn't a move-the-chains Derrick Henry freak, uh, I think Gibbs is going to need a couple of special team scores, but he's highly capable of doing that.
0: All
1: right, buddy, that's going to do it for
0: today's podcast. We will get with you guys tomorrow. Until then, roll tight, everybody. Roll Tide. Isn't the stadium beautiful? (laughs) I can't believe we're recording this at 8 o'clock at night. It's not dark in Tuscaloosa. It never
1: gets dark in Tuscaloosa.
0: Oh, good point.